Welcome back, everybody, to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, we hope. I am Lisa Linky. I am one half of your co-conspirator on this journey through self-help, the genre that will not stop. My other co-conspirator, Misty Stennett, is not here today, but fear not, longtime loyal listeners and new Tiny Pocket friends. I have an incredible panel of of guest hosts for you today. That's right, a panel. I have a whole damn panel. This is an explicit podcast. We cuss a lot. This is the podcast where each week we rate and review a popular or not so popular self-help book. And we tell you the tips, the tricks, the ins and outs, the yabies, the boobies, all of the, the things. And in under an hour, you'll know whether or not this book is for you and you would like to invest your time, your money, and your energy. Or if it's a flaming pile of mediocrity and you should avoid it at all costs. And you're welcome for that. We are falling on the proverbial self-help sword. And that's our Friday episodes, Full Frontal Fridays. On Tuesdays, our weekly beefs, weekly beef episodes, we follow up on anything and everything that is not a book. Maybe it's a an interview or a trivia or an article. You know, we just have a good time with it. That's our Tuesday. But today is Friday. And my friends, my friends, my friends, I have a real damn delight for you. I have, as you know, uh, I've been for a long time, little listeners and anybody new listening here, here's the deal. I have been in deep grief right now. And because I've had a, I, like everyone, I had a real year, but I, I lost my dog, Zoe, at the beginning of the year. And it made me so porous. I can't read self help right now. And after doing it for two and a half years straight, I needed a break. So I put the call out to my coven, and these women responded immediately. And we've already heard from some, and you're going to, you're going to hear from a few today. So ladies and gentlemen, genders of all across the spectrum, please welcome my dear, dear friends, Melissa Cathcart, Kat Gatsik, and Kate Cohen. Welcome back, Kate Cohen. Welcome to Go Help Yourself, everybody. Hi. Hi. Uh, Hello. All right. Thank you so much for having us. I'm just so thrilled. It's, <laughs> I think this is the first time we have three guests. So it's my first time with a threesome and I'm just on the side. So <laughs> bear with me. Uh, We're here to make you feel comfortable. Oh, <laughs> what a new experience for me. Um, okay. I'm going to read their bios and then we'll get, we'll get into this. Actually, no, I should tell, we should talk about what the book is. That's probably what's most important. I'm unnerved hearing with my friends. Ladies, what book are you bringing us today? Get the guy. Hi, Matthew Hussey. <laughs> Learn secrets of the male mind to find the man you want and the love you deserve. <laughs> this is a New York Times bestseller. It says on the cover. On the cover, here's what I will say. I feel like I could put a little pink heart that says New York Times bestseller on anything. It's also, it looks like a very 
girly book. It's like bright yellow. And then there's like a pink heart and like pink text outlined in white. It says, get the guy. So like, I'm, I'm here for it. Okay. The publication date is 2013, which if you'll remember is kind of the height of like chiclet and like, you know, going to the bookstore and buying all those beach reads about, you know, getting the guy. Yeah. (laughs) It was the height of like the trilogy of like, first you meet the guy. Second book, you struggle to keep the guy and then you get pregnant and third, uh, you marry the guy. And then third book, you get pregnant and you get apart, but then you come back together and keep the guy. Oh, I know. I read them all. Okay. I'm going to tell you a little bit about these wonderful people. Kate Cohen, as you might remember, who covered our book Essentialism by Greg McCune. Kate has a master's in learning and organizational change from Northwestern University. She is a longtime friend of Lisa's. That's me. And we met doing improv in Chicago. And when she's not making people laugh or teaching improv students, she works in learning and development in Chicago. And she is single. Kate, say hello. Hello. I am so excited to be here and just eviscerate this book. Thank you. Spoilers. I want everybody to know your voice to your name. Catherine Gotzik, but I call her Cat, and so does everybody. It's not just for me. Runs the Neighborhood Chamber of Commerce in Evanston, Illinois. And she's she and Lisa met doing improv together in Chicago many years ago. It's true. Some of my favorite shows we did together well, called Double Date and still play shows for Chicago comedy sports. You can check them out on their Twitch channel, CSZN Chicago. Kat, say hello. You're welcome, comedy sports. <laughs> for real. For real. I hope Greg. That sounds really dirty. <laughs> Oh, and Kat, you are single as well. Correct. Okay. Melissa Cathcart Churchwell is mar- is a married suburban mom, still trying to figure out what she's doing with her life, and any advice she gives should be taken with a grain of salt. She's also a hilarious improviser. We met doing comedy in Chicago many years ago, and a dear friend of mine. Hi, Melissa. Hi. I love you. I love uh, you. I'm so excited to be here, and and I... Kate is ready to eviscerate this book. I am willing to tear this book apart. And this is me for most things. So I just take what I want, put it through my brain filter, and it may not even be what he intended. <laughs> but that's... Uh, that's so art. It's art. It's an art. <laughs> this is why you should not take anything I say too seriously. <laughs> I, I think anybody listening to this podcast already knows it's comedic. They don't take anything too seriously. And they're here for us to eviscerate uh, some books. I found it pretty useful. Sorry. <laughs> oh, we got to have a panel. I'm like, I'm like Phil Donahue and I have a panel of opposing <laughs> beliefs. Um, yeah. That's a deep cut. Some of you know who that is and some of you go to Wikipedia. All right. Can each of you summarize the premise of the book in one sentence? Yes. Yes. Yeah, go for it. This book is it, essentially... What it says is you will get the guy by living a high value life for yourself. Okay. Okay. Melissa. So I'm going to agree with Kat. This is a book about loving yourself and valuing yourself, but it's also about manipulating other people to fuck you and then stick around and fuck you till you're dead. I can't disagree. <laughs> Kate, what's your one sentence summary? Well, For me, what this book is, is it's really a lot of 
antiquated relationship advice that puts all the responsibility on women, none of the responsibility on men, completely does not acknowledge the spectrum of types of people and relationships in the world that we are living in now. And what it does is it just kind of like slaps a coat of paint on it and it puts it in a car lot and calls it brand new modern advice. And I have zero reservations about the way I feel about this book. And that's been go help yourself. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like we have a good set of where we're, we're going into this. Let me give everybody some book prices. So this was published in 2013. I think the paperback came out in 2014 on my birthday. What an honor for it, not me. It's 247 pages. The Kindle is $6.99. The paperback is 1563 and hardcover $26.99, both on bookshop.org. The audiobook is $27.59 or $14.99 with a Libro FM uh, membership. It's narrated by the author himself and just under eight hours. So wow. Wow, eight hours. And he is British, correct? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So so you'd get a, and his voice, I don't know what his voice sounds like. Is it pleasing? Is it? Oh, it's pleasing. It sounds like an English guy trying to fuck you in a bar. Yeah. (laughs) It it is pleasing. (laughs) It's gay pleasing. (laughs) I would fuck him in a bar. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, after a year and a pandy? Yes. All right. His voice is like British. It's like a... It's not like posh British. I don't know how the British delineate, but it is more Cockney than Queen's English. He's just rutting his way through London. (laughs) I never knew what rutting meant until I watched Bridgerton. It means fucking. Okay, so ladies, you know that we delineate books between practical or woo-woo. Would you say this book is more practical or woo-woo? Practical. It's practical. Yep, agree. Practical. Okay. What did you think when you first picked it up? Like, what were your expectations? Well, I'm so for me, the reason that the three of us are on this call is um, because we actually went to a live event with this person. And so I had, and that is another story for another time, but (laughs) I had a, an idea already about who, who he was and definitely I knew what his approach was going Uh into the book. So when I first picked it up, I kind of sighed a heavy sigh and got ready for a ride. So you were seminar first, then book. That's me. Yes. Melissa, were you book first? I was seminar first, probably book and seminar at the same time. I was newly single and Kat had been to a seminar before and was like, let's do it. And I was like, well, you know, I'm all in. I'm like, oh, sure. I buy the book, the t-shirt, whatever else. <laughs> I can show up to the Tote bag, prepared. bumper sticker. Yeah. Kat, did you read the book first or do the seminar first? So I actually read a different book first. I, in 2010, I had an experience with a guy where we were, we were progressing dating and we ended up like having an amazing weekend long date, consummated the relationship and I never heard from him again. (gasps) And I know. And so I was like, what is going on? And I Googled like, why do guys disappear? And up came a book called Why He Disappeared, (laughs) which is a really good title. 
And I bet you you were like purchase immediate purchase. <laughs> it was a digital book too. I think it was like dollar ninety nine or something. But it was also a gateway to this dating coach, not Matt Hudson, a different dating coach, a guy named Evan Ma- Mark Katz, E N K. Okay. And I read it. Bio, bio plug. Yeah, bio plug. And I read it. <laughs> And essentially what it said was, it doesn't matter why he disappeared. He, if he doesn't want to be around, why do you want him around? Which yeah. at, the, at the time was like a mind explosion for me. And I yeah. ended up just, I invested in his like coaching quite a bit of money <laughs> at the time. And as part of that, I became a member of his forum a message board with all these other women who were also in coaching with him. And they talked about a bunch of other dating coaches. And Matt Hussey kept coming up over and over and over again. He really is kind of the McDonald's, I think, of the, <laughs> of the dating coaches. <laughs> he's really a real estate company and he's just everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I think he is, or at least he certainly was. Like everybody knew him. He was easy access. He was, and he, I went to a seminar before he published his book. So I went to a seminar with Mary Jo Bull Duke and, jo. and then in between when Bull Duke and I went and Kate and Mel and I went, he published his book. Okay. Okay. Well, I think it's time to hear about the author. And I do believe Kate Cohen, as she rolls her eyes, is going to tell us about Matt Hussie. Uh, is it Hussie? Yes, what a little it's hussy. hussy. It's what just a little hussy. hussy. Just a hussy, uh, and I'm sh- I'm sure that's his real name. Anyways, so all right, so this is actually from Matthew Hussey's website, howtogettheguy.com, okay. in the about us section. So uh, the photo of him is in a a moderate V neck black T shirt with one arm kind of slung behind the chair in a very sure. casual fashion. Sure. He looks like he's outside in a backyard, somebody's garden, maybe his own. There's a white trellis behind him with some ivy growing up it. No big deal. And so here we go. Matthew Hussey is the world's leading dating expert for women. For the past eight years, he has coached millions of women around the world to help them get the love lives of their dreams. He is a New York Times bestselling author. He has his own national radio show. He's been given his own television show, Rachel Ray, Katie Couric, Ryan Seacrest, Meredith Vieira, Elvis Duran, Match.com, and many others frequently invite him to share his advice. Matthew is also a monthly relationship advice columnist for Cosmopolitan Magazine and the dating expert on ABC's digital series, What to Text Him Back. He's had the privilege of working with royalties and celebrities like Christina Aguilera and Eva Longoria. He's also coached over 100,000 women in his live seminars, including Mel, Kat, and Kate and his training videos have reached over 217 million women around the world. Now, here's also what I'd like to add is that at the bottom of the website in kind of mostly translucent text over yes. a gray background, it says, yes. important note, while I do believe and have seen proof that the advice and programs I provide can help you improve your love life, please understand that not everyone will experience the exact same results. To get the best results, you must use the advice I give you. Every person is an individual and every situation is unique, so no single piece of advice will work for everyone at every time. But I can tell you that if you read the advice and continually apply it in your life, your chances of success increase dramatically, and I'm here to help you every step of the way. Let's get started. 
That's the fucking fine print at the bottom of the NutraShake commercials. Yeah. It's like results may vary. Yeah. This, diet this, may, this might not happen. It's like you buy like you buy diet pills and at the bottom it says, please note, you have to exercise every day. <laughs> or you see the yeah, or the the split screen of like the before uh-huh. and the after and at the bottom results not typical. That's, That's right. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I just want to say this at the outset and then we're going to get into the book summary. I just am noticing in myself a reaction to what feels like the emotional labor and the mental load is being projected on the women. And to come from a male feels there's a deep part of me that's like, this feels hearkening to rape culture. Why isn't Matt Hussey working with men on how to respect women? And I feel like I have some friends who have something to say about that. Kat, what do you want to say? Well, in the seminar, he actually says he begins, and in the book too, he says he began, he began coaching men and then pivoted. But I would like to reframe what you're talking about. I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying. This book is men for women to take on the work of doing what he's talking about doing. But for someone like me who wants to, who really wants to have some control of that, who is not like into just waiting for it to happen, this is helpful. Okay, great. Amel? Speaking of Mr. Mr. Hussey, and I was going to point out that, yes, he was a male coach first. And I think really the reason he pivoted is because Women are more responsive to a charming, a tr- he's attractive, everybody. Yes. He's a good looking man. He's teeny pretty. <laughs> and women probably responded better than straight men. I mean, going, yeah, it's like a concert. <laughs> Kate, what do you well, think? You know, I, like, I, I will say that those things ring true. And I, I think another thing that is important to note, and I, I mentioned this uh, for a second in my summary sentence but this this book really it is it is just about you know men dating uh, women who want to date men so it's a very narrow book in terms of the That's audience right. and what it what it considers but what i will say with that in mind is that mel i i don't disagree with you but what i think it does is it i agree that like women are going to read this because I feel as though he has found an audience with a very large group of women that think that they are doing something wrong. And the whole sort of crux of this book is what you need to do to change your behavior, to change your mindset, sometimes even to change your, you know, likes and hobbies and things that are instinctual to you. So because what you're doing is not achieving, getting keeping the man. And so that's what I think it does is like he pivoted because yes, he's more appealing to that audience, but that audience is also more susceptible to being told that they're wrong and being told that it's their responsibility to pick it up so that they can make this successful. Yeah. Because what this does is it apologizes, it apologizes for men over and over and over again. Oh, they just need a little extra help from you. Why would they yeah. come talk to you? They're so nervous. Right? I want to so. see how that plays out in the book. So we should we should jump into it. But I also just want to say this, this is coming from, you know, you don't know this, but Misty and I just covered an article about how 
men are treating their significant others as lovers and therapists and friends and all these things. And men need to kind of get their own houses in order in terms of like emotional health. They need to develop their own friendships that are emotional support systems, et cetera. So what is ringing for me with these workshops is like teaching women how to defend themselves against rapists versus versus teaching men not to rape. Do you know what I mean? Like this, these are very opposite poles, but I, I still think it's in the same culture of mindset of like women need to, women need to do all this emotional work and labor instead of men. I don't know. That's where, that's where I'm at. Well, okay. I, I mean, again, oh, yeah. I just want to reframe it. I sought this work out. I wanted to do this work and this yeah. helped me with it. Yeah. And I, I also just want to acknowledge like that guy that ghosted you, that's horrible. <laughs> and that is all about him, right? You know, but it's, I think our culture has framed it in the sense of like, that we need to do something about it. I don't know. It's all fucked up. Our hundredth book was Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And I'm realizing now that that came out in 1992 and it completely changed how a generation viewed the sexes. Oh, like everything, uh, like starting with Reagan, everything became all about men's achievement and all about like Reagan did women of huge disservice. And look how Nancy was like the prop for, you know what I mean? Okay. Anyway, how is this book organized? We will look, the four of us will have amazing conversations for decades about this and never get to the book. So I'm going to be the bad guy and move us forward to the book. It's in three sections. Okay. Find the guy. Yep. Get the guy. Sure. Keep the guy. I mean... (laughs) It's so simple. Lock it the formula down. is That's pretty all you easy. Have to do. Find a guy, get search him out. Find a guy. Find him. Millions of women have done it. Lock him down. Pounce. Take his testicles. Okay, there Make we go. Make it so he never leaves. Okay, so section one: find the guy. So, mm-hmm. does he give actual tips, like how tos, mindset? Okay, you're all nodding. Okay, tell me, Mel, go for it. If is the section of the book that is probably most useful. And it was most useful to me because it kind of like, I think when I came into dating again, I was treating potential mates, potential partners, very crushes, very delicately and very much like hold, putting them in a little box and not wanting to say anything or say the wrong thing. And Matthew Hussey basically breaks it down to it's a fucking numbers game. So the more people you meet, the more people you talk to, the more likely you are to meet someone. And I do do not take this as an endorsement of this book, but I met my husband a few weeks after going to this seminar using one of those dumb fucking tips. (laughs) So don't take it as an endorsement, but it works. But one piece of it worked for me. In the meeting, because what I did was I went to my friend, our friend Renee's house to play board games. And this guy, it's mainly the typical nerdy improvisers there. And there's this one guy that I don't know. And I'm like, who's that cute dude? And in the past, I probably would have been like, oh, in cyber stalking the cute dude and never saying anything or just being like, hey, at the like next like game night. 
That's a terrible breathy voice to use. No, I feel like that would have nailed it. (laughs) Rob's into it. I would find the guy, get the guy, and keep the guy all at once. Guys, it did it. Um, Hey. (laughs) Hey, nice roll on your move there. So I I said Are you a Cylon? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's the game we were playing. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and I was the most disgusting character on Battlestar Galactica, Gaius Baltar. In that game, but yeah, so I said something and I was just like, Hey, what's your friend's deal? And Renee was immediately like, Oh, he's single. Do you want me to say something? And I was like, Yeah, and that's but I would have never done that. Like, old Melissa would not have done that. Okay, so the tip is to go, Hey, (laughs) Kate, what do you think? What's what's your no, the, the tip is is that he really, he talks about the different things that basically you need to do to create what he calls, to to become what he calls a woman of high value. And when you are a woman, oh, I wish listeners could see your face, Lisa. Well, I think they know because we've covered two books by Bruce Bryans, who is a fictitious cover name because that person doesn't exist. And this author also talks about high value women. Yep. Well, so, but, and so this is something that Matthew Hussey is going to talk about through this entire book is this idea of being high value and high value is multidimensional because what it means is it's a way that you perceive yourself. It's a way that you externally organize and demonstrate your life. And it's also a way that men are going to perceive you. And he breaks it up into these different components of becoming high value and they are self-confidence, independence, integrity, and femininity. He talks about how you can kind of pull some levers to start developing all of these things inside of you uh, that you then sort of project out to men. However, what he does also do, and this is part of getting the guy, is he gives some advice about how you need to consider the male ego when crafting each of these parts of yourself and when you're outwardly demonstrating them to men. So when he talks about this idea of being high value, he also talks about how you don't want to ever be so independent that a man won't feel needed. And so this is something I've highlighted. He said, once broken, the male ego is difficult to fix. The woman of high value is confident and independent, but she is also wise enough to know and happy to admit that there are certain things only a guy, her guy, can provide. When guys hear that you don't need men, that you can do everything yourself, it doesn't make him think you're sassy and self-sufficient. It doesn't make him marvel at how badass you are. It just makes him feel useless. So I feel like that kind of encapsulates what he's talking about when he is saying be a high-value woman with these conditions. Melissa? Yeah. So, I, Kate, I'm glad you you mentioned this, this part. Because this was, it's, yeah, I see all your highlights. This is... It, especially the the minute changing yourself, because it is very like, oh, integrity. Yes, of course. Independence. Yes. But then we get to femininity. And if you read the chapter with femininity and take out the gendered language, because really this should be, I would have way less problems with this book if it was addressed to everyone. Get the If it person, wasn't so heteronormative. Right. Mm-hmm, get the person mm-hmm. you want to put your thing in or have their thing put in you or whatever. Or just well, anything with the things. Right. But if you replace femininity with vulnerability, mm. that makes it because what he's doing is he's assigning femininity. What he's really saying is vulnerable, be vulnerable. And mm. 
because men because it. men won't be is right. What he's, he's assigning it the fe- to the feminine to a gender. A gen- he's gendering it, and it's not yeah. a gen. But like, really, that's what this is about. Like the whole thing of like, hey, if he offers you his coat, just take it. And okay. I'm like, what he's saying is be vulnerable, be in the moment, and be willing to. And that's a, and it's a bad example of being vulnerable. Yeah, Cat. I want to hear what Cat has to say. Well, first of all, that's brilliant and true. Number two is I got none of that from this chapter. What I took away from this chapter was the flirting tip. <laughs> <laughs> the actual flirting tip. <laughs> oh my! I I think I feel like. There should always be a panel on books about <laughs> getting getting people. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to, I want to make sure we we tackle the other parts of the book too. And I feel like, oh boy, this may, we might do an extra segment for our Patreon uh, subscribers only because I feel like there's a lot here. So Kate, you're really pointing out th- that there seems to be worth equated to these components of what Matt Hussey deems feminine and quality, right? Like a low value woman would do X, Y, Z, but a high value woman does X, Y, Z. So we create a value Mm -hmm. proposition about women that these women are desirable. These women are not. Yeah. Yes. And I think when he says high value woman, he's talking about all those different components and talking about how all those different components are at play when they are trying to attract a man. So he's never yes. t- like so he does talk about in addition to get um you know find the guy there also is a lot in this chapter about what to do in your life to start meeting more men. So like Mel said before it's a numbers game. He's yeah. talking his thing is like talk to everybody. Like talk to your Uber driver, talk to people at, you know, at the gym, like at one point he's like, yeah. Does he ever acknowledge that as a woman talking to everybody is on some level inherently dangerous? Talking to your Uber driver can't, no, everybody shake their heads. No, 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 he doesn't do that. No, he lives in a world where there's just no violence. Everybody, yes, of course. Everybody's Um, a potential mate, not necessarily a potential rate. That's a quote you can keep. Yes. Well, although what he does do, oh gosh, yes. What he does do though, is he talks about how it's not because anybody could be your person. Well, it's kind of that, but it's also like reps. So from a coach coach perspective, yeah, it's all skill building. It's like, I'm nervous to talk to men. So I'm just gonna talk to every man I see and what could possibly go wrong. uh, And then that's how I'll get comfortable doing it. Okay. Okay. And also uh, he says to set up your social life so that it serves your love life. Take every invitation that comes your way and just go and do do So the do creepy guy who's been following me home from work every night asked Talk me to out him. to a drink. Talk to him. You you have to go. You have to go. That's what he says. I think he just says go. that. <laughs> somewhere in the I'm middle s- here. This is <laughs> Not say that. I feel like Kate and I, and just so you know, on my Zoom, Kate and I are on one side and Kat and Mel are are on the other. So I feel like it's really a pro con over here. Um, Okay. So 
Kat, give us one flirting tip that that you took. My favorite is the double take, the double look. (laughs) (laughs) And it's one that I I rarely use, but I laugh so hard every time I think about it. (laughs) Let's say you're in a bar. And one thing that, that he doesn't do well is all of his things are set like in bars and in social situations and stuff like that. So it really, it doesn't, doesn't help the introverts or the, you know, whatever. Um, Or those in a global pandemic. Exactly. But if you're, if you're in a bar and across the room, you see a, a, someone that you, a human that you're interested in, you. (laughs) You do a comedic double take. You can't even. Yes, but it's like. It's uh, so it's it, you, you look at them and he's even got it timed. He's like, look at them for three to five seconds <laughs> and then look away and then look back and smile. <laughs> okay. So just so you, everybody know, Melissa's face is she's kind of like squinting and not a hundred percent sure. Kat has just demonstrated this while giggling and Kate has held up the book to the actual highlighted section that, that this is happening. So if you get a sense for why these are some of my very, very best friends in the world, you, you understand that we are just giggle box 3000 whenever we get together. <laughs> Let's put to bed part one of getting the guy. Cause I have a sense now that I just need to improve all areas of my life to be appealing to men. And I need to double take, which my, I'm going to do a triple take. I hate to correct you, but we were just finding the guy. Now we're going to get the guy. Excuse me. Excuse me. I was just finding him. Now that I've found you, I've lost you. That's from Greece too. Now we're going to get the guy part two. And how is this broken up? There are chapters of like, yeah, it's about like texting, attraction, sex. Oh, friend zone. Yeah. He's okay. got a very specific formula yeah. that he's okay. created. Um, we, oh, and it's scientific. It is I love, scientific. We love STEM on yeah. the show. Yeah, and it's um, it's three things that come together to create deep and lasting attraction. So visual chemistry, sure. perceived challenge. Mm-hmm. and perceived value and connection. And that equals deep and lasting attraction. So here, I got to give it to him that he does try to break it down into these like tangible frameworks that he Actionable. creates. Actionable, practical, yes. The, yeah, I mean, in theory, yes. Uh-huh. Perceived challenge. Oh, does that ready. mean that I need, that for the rest of our relationship, there needs to be a perceived challenge? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of mental yeah, load. It is, yes. That is, that is one part where I was like, like, I don't have a problem with this book, but I was like, <sighs> like, like yeah. every couple years I need to like change my hair color and wear different clothes. Like that's just not going to happen, Mahassi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kate? Yeah. I just thought I would share a <laughs> little excerpt on perceived challenge. Ready? Some women have guys chasing them in the initial stages of their courtship by presenting themselves as someone who has to be earned. Where they err is in making their sexuality their only power. The predictable result is that the guy chases her for as long as she withholds sex. Once he has her, the challenge is over. The attraction was all in the chase. A woman can fail to be perceived as a challenge if she is overtly flirtatious showers a guy with sexual attention before he's shown interest, or makes it obvious that he can have her regardless of his behavior. When a guy feels he hasn't earned your attention, 
and that you'll be impressed no matter what he says, it kills the attraction. So I should marry someone promising that I'll have sex on our wedding night, then be on my period for the rest of our relationship. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you need, yeah, just just oh. forever period. <laughs> that's been go help yourself. Okay, interesting. It, he presents it as he does present it as a paradox. Interesting. So okay. He no. is very open about that. Yeah, I'm gonna read the other side of this paradox because it's infuriating. Paradoxically, a woman who comes across as completely uninterested also isn't a perceived challenge. So that's my, that's where I am so on the scale. Have high standards. Don't because I radiate interested this, but also don't seem uninterested at all. You need to have just show a little bit of pussy, like just. <laughs> Just show it. Just the labia. I'll just show the labia. Just Just pull one labia out. Labia majora. Like, just a little bit. (laughs) Just a a tish. It's so genuinely kind of ridiculous. Well, it just emulates that fine line that women are always walking. Correct. Show some skin, but not too much skin, yeah. Yeah, so you have to, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, there's something to this. You have to, you have to get past the infuriating part because I even as useful as I find it I also find that infuriating and impossible sure. and but there's something to it like things that I wouldn't have argued about before I argue about now things that I would not have commanded or or that I would have stood for or tolerated Wait, I don't like what wouldn't, now what wouldn't you have argued about before oh whether something's a good movie you know, I mean, like, <laughs> unimportant things. Like, I'm Excuse a big... Excuse me, but Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a classic. <laughs> and it I is a classic. I have, I, die on that hill. I'm not a big... I'm not, like, a, I'm a huge battle chooser, and I just don't choose many battles. I don't love drama. I don't love confrontation. But I choose more because I want them to know that the life isn't exactly like they want it. Or, like, I have opinions too. I have... I value my own opinion. You know what I mean? Like, so there's something, there's something there, but the way it's written, yes, is, is impossible to, to process in its raw form. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that the way, and and Kat, that absolutely makes sense. And I think, so I, again, if we, we go back to the way that, that Hussey is talking about high value women, obviously that's flawed. But if you're thinking about like your own value that you perceive for yourself, I think having more arguments may not, may not be the word, but sort of standing up for those things a little bit more like, no, I don't, I'd rather not go to that restaurant or, you know, or that, those kinds of things. I think that's a little bit different than what he's talking about here, because what he's talking about is, is specifically the challenge around getting this person to take an interest in you, ask you out on a date and eventually get into a relationship with you. So it's this idea of, of showing them that you're not so easily won, but easily won enough. Yeah. And so, and so that's why it's, it's challenging. Cause I think what you're talking about is, is totally awesome. And like Mel said at the beginning, like I read that and I took something away that worked for me, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't have, honestly, I wouldn't have thought of it like that. Like, like I'm somebody that, that I'm focused on finding a partner. I want to, I have been for a long time. Like, obviously I, for ever since the the one guy ghosted me, like I keep putting this information in and trying to, and I like rules and I like procedures and policies and, and, you know, experiments and tweaking and like all of that works for me. I'm very practical, 
And like regarding the high value woman, like one of the things I do when I'm feeling helpless about not being able to find a partner is go do something I love, which is huge. That's something I wouldn't have done before. I would have tried to vice grip on something else. And now I'm like, oh, well, I'll take an art class or I'll do, you know, I don't know. So you do, uh, you're great at that. I will say. You are a high value woman. Okay. You got some real high value pussy. Um, <laughs> let's talk about part three, keeping the guy. I found the guy. I got the guy by showing the right amount of pussy. And now I need to keep the guy. Oh, can I say one more thing before we do this? Please. I actually, as I, was reading, as I was reading this book for this, for this thing, I actually found one of his other products and I bought it. What was it? It's called the Momentum Texts. <laughs> Tell us Is more. this a book? Is it just a package of pre-written texts that you can like copy and paste? It's an app. No. No. Oh no. But it's not, but it's it's like a, some of them you can take exactly as it is, but it's really it's I haven't I go back to it every once in a while. Like I read it through first time and I was like, this was a terrible mistake. Oh, why did I buy this? And then, but I go back to it now whenever, cause it's got like emoji rules and exclamation this point. This sounds rules. an awful lot like Bruce Bryan's. Does he tell you to use this emoji a lot? Oh, like the winky <laughs> and the tongue out. <laughs> I don't know. And does he say to use the word sweetie a lot? Are there eggplants in it? Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. So anyway, move on. Keep the guy. <laughs> so anyway, what we've learned is that Matt Hussey can do no wrong with Kat Gossick. And if he's got a new product called like, you know, John Gray had Mars and Venus salad dressings. Okay. Good so God. if Matt Hussey comes out with like, you know, a water bottle for keeping the guy, Cat is, Cat is the market. I need, it. I need water too. <laughs> So here's something that about keep uh, keep the guy. Something that I just noticed that I think is really interesting is that the first two ch- sections, find the guy, get the guy, are almost 200 pages long. Keep the guy is 50. So Hussey, he's like, I'm out. It's up on you. Hussey, basically, he's kind of like, here are. He says that though. He says that in the beginning. He's, I think it because he's got a, sep- a second book called Keep the Guy. I think that is. Oh, okay. I don't own it. Part three is a cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, keep the guy. So the first chapter is how to be the woman of his dreams. Now, you take out the gender. I know Kate made this face like she wants to vom.com and I'm I'm frozen. But here's the thing. Like, it's not bad advice if you take the fucking gender out of it. Yeah. So. How to, how to keep your person. He needs sexual validation. He needs someone who recognizes his uniqueness. He needs to be nurtured and supported and he needs a loyal teammate. And then this, this part is decidedly gendered for the male. He needs to protect and provide, but like take out protect and provide, take out the gendered language. Like that's all good advice on how to be a good partner to your partner. But he's, he's put this, the onus on women on the women to, yeah. to do this and to keep them around because men are just feral cats ready to spread their. Does he ever talk about what 
your what women's expectations are and how to yeah. and what to expect from men? Yeah, he does. He does, but it's very apologetic for the men. It's like if you the flirting tip is you, if you wait for the guy to come to you, you might not because guys are insecure. You know, or like those type of things are where he says, mm-hmm. here's what's in a guy's mind when he's. Because yeah. women can't be insecure yeah. or, or so, nervous about approaching someone they find attractive. Only so men. Says, I mean, like he says, like, as insecure as you are, that's how insecure they are too. He, he builds well, yeah. empathy. And, and it really does, like, as I flip there is a section too around uh, around sex in relationships and, you know, keeping that as something that stays like a successful component of the relationship. But it really puts it all on on the woman uh, about here's what happens if you deny your partner sex. No. Uh, here's what here's what happens if, you know, if there's a, a numb out from too much. Like it's just, you know, make sure that he knows he's desired. And it, it's really, again, it, it's a, uh, it's an unfortunate responsibility that's put on women to and really I'll just maintain are. all of this. I'll even go a step further. He he talks about this in the book and he talks about it a lot in the seminar is the men's blueprint for their lives, which essentially says if you meet a man during a part of his blueprint that he's not ready for you, nothing you can do will help. That's like that part in Sex and the City when uh, Kim Cattrall, Samantha, was like, men are like taxi cabs. You get out of one and another one will come along. But she's like, but when their light is on, they're ready to marry. And it doesn't matter who's in their cab. Yes. <laughs> That's My it. father said the same thing to me. He said, the chemistry's got to be right and the timing's got to be right. And if one of the two is off, not going to happen. Sidebar, can we all look at Kate's? With the backlight and everything, doesn't she look like she'd be like if she were a therapist right now? Like you would tell her your deepest, <laughs> yes. darkest secrets. There is not a bit of frizz in your hair. It's amazing. Oh, I know it's amazing. I, well, I washed it yesterday afternoon, which is a feat. I appreciate it. Yeah, I do. I look high value is the real question. <laughs> yeah, that lighting is majorly high value. Kate, are you Whoa. high value? Oh God, I don't know. Let me find do a man and value? ask him to tell me the answer. But so here's something that I think is interesting. So Mel, you, you and Kat, you both shared kind of how you came to the work of Hussey. So for me, I was seminar first, then book. And I think it's interesting because I was just reflecting on this now is that when I went to that seminar and I'm looking at the date in here, which I, oh, because I have notes for the seminar, but we're going to talk about that another day. And so when I'm looking at my seminar notes, when I was first exposed to this stuff, It was, I was about a year out of a really awful breakup for me that Mm. kind of like decimated my heart in many different ways. And I had not dated at all in that year at all. Like, and so it was one of those things where I was just sort of feeling ready to come back to it. I remember I went on an OkCupid date and it was so bad, but I also remember feeling so good about it. Kat, I may have even texted you about it or Mel, I, I don't know about like, I remember some you one of you being like, "Well, this is going to be the first of many." And I remember being like, "But what if this is the man I marry?" And it was just like some awkward conversation over coffee. But so I was just sort of coming back to feeling like ready to do this stuff, but I do remember feeling so overwhelmed by I mean, first of all, the, the processing the ridiculousness of it, but also just overwhelmed by the amount of responsibility that this man is telling me that I have over this, that I was just like, I'm really not ready for this. I'm going to shut, I'm shutting down. And then fun fact, 
like maybe a couple weeks later, I was telling this to um, some friends of mine at a lunch that we were at. And I ended up dating one of those people. <laughs> but, not so, for, but not for long. Thank you, Hussie. Thank no, you, Hussie. Okay. I, I, but I think it was the anti-Hussie because it was totally like, it was all punchlines about this, about the seminar. Amazing. Okay. So I'm going to bring us to wrap it up. And I'm going to say, for all of you who've been like, I want to hear about the seminar, well, tune in next week because our next episode is these three amazingly funny, talented sure. women telling us all about the live seminar experience because you all went together, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you some questions about the book. Did this book need to be written? No. <laughs> I mean, really there's didn't. a lot of books out there like this. Okay, great. We've talked about stuff that you tried to put into practice and how we've, we, I feel like we talked about all that throughout, how it affected you. And Mel, you mentioned a lot about, if I asked the question, did the author miss anything? You definitely talk about the heteronormative nature of it and the gendering. Is there anything else you feel like you wish this author would have addressed or widened their view on? I'm not interested in hearing too much more of what he <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting because he has a YouTube channel, a massive YouTube channel, and his stuff really hasn't evolved. Like it really has not. It's interesting that you say that because it's he's really got this blueprint that works, no pun intended. And well, and strangely enough too, whether you want to or not, he's going to keep sending it to you because since we went to that seminar, his email list is the cockroach of email lists. I've unsubscribed from it several times. Mm -hmm. And then months later, it will pop back up. I get an email from oh, him yes. almost every morning. That said, if anyone wants me to like infiltrate his, his like crazy cult, we can start a GoFundMe. I think Kat and I are totally yeah. in on because it's okay. We'll talk about that okay. at the other uh, yeah. during the, yeah. but they try and sell you Ooh. some stuff. I bet. Who who would you buy this book for and who would you never buy it for? I would never buy it for Kate or Mel. <laughs> <laughs> or me, I feel it. like, yeah. I would never, I don't think I would buy it for anyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, but, and I know we're talking about this next week, but I would recommend anyone go to the seminar because it is sheer bananas. It is. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely worth your $39. I think it was 20. I think yeah, I think maybe you got a discount because I referred you. I got like a Groupon <laughs> or something. Yeah. And that is exactly where I land, Kate, is like go to the seminar. Don't he this is not this is not an amazing author. You're not missing out. This is the Dan Brown of advice mm, books. Beautiful. Yes. Kat, who would you buy it for? You know, I would buy it for someone who's like, I want, I feel helpless. I want to do something. I want a recipe. I want a prescription. I want, like, I would, if somebody's like, I want to take control of my own dating life, this mm -hmm. is a start. Nice. Do you have any homework? Do you want to assign or for the listeners to try? I know we're in a pandy. Yeah, Melissa and everybody. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. What, is there something you'd like us to try from the book? Okay. The muffin experiment. <laughs> that was mine too. The yes, muffin. No. 
<laughs> it has to happen. So, okay. So one of the things about meeting people is to like strike up casual conversations, but this is a combination of like the gendered bullshit of being a helpless woman and striking up conversations. So you're okay. in line at Starbucks and yeah. to buy a muffin, which I don't know why they're not the best muffins. Sorry, Starbucks. Right. They're like bricks. It's like bricks, expense, $4 brick. And you turn to the man sitting next to you and be like, I can't decide which muffin should I get. I oh Mel, I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't want to jump in, but it, oh, please do. it has to be it has to be prefaced with I need your help with something. Say oh thank you. You have to have the you're right, the lead up. I'm clearly rusty at this. My husband. Because otherwise you're just a, a woman who can't make up her mind. Right. Uh, you need to be just a little more helpless. Just a little serious and be like, I really need your help with something. And then he goes, what can I help you with? Because he's a chivalrous man and not somebody who's going to stab me in the bathroom. And, <laughs> and you say, I can't figure out which muffin to eat. And then he gives you advice on muffins. Of, and if he picks the muffin you like, it's like, perfect, you're reading my mind. Or if he picks, it, if he picks the one that you weren't planning on, you'd be like, oh, it would never work out between us. Yeah. Okay. I need to see this role play. Perceived mm-hmm. challenge. Cat got sick. Has role played this for me before, and I love it. So, Cat, <laughs> please execute this, and I will be the dude. In All right. Line. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, can I get your help with something real quick? Yeah. Do you need my dick stuffed in you? Well, not <sighs> clever boy, but no. Okay. I just well, need. What can I do for you? I just need- little lady. I am very sure that is true. Look how perceptive you are. <laughs> oh, my hero. Listen, the... It's my 10-inch dick. It's where all my brain is. Really? I don't believe you. <laughs> I dare you to pull it out right now and show me. See, I didn't well, think so. Now, listen, the clock... I do it one more time and I go away for a felony, felony <laughs> sexual assault. But, Thank so. you for revealing that much about yourself. But but honestly, I still have this emergency that I... Oh, yeah, with. yeah. We can't call the police because I have a warrant out. This won't be police-related. I need okay, um, okay. a lemon or orange cranberry muffin. Lemon poppy seed or, or orange cranberry. Which muffin should I choose? Are you buying it for me? No, it's for me, but maybe you've had it before. Oh, uh, well, uh, one is more bricky than the other. Are you planning on throwing it at the police? Because then I would choose the orange cream. Throwing it at you! <laughs> I was a horrible scene partner. I apologize, Kat. <laughs> one more time, for real. Oh one more time. Oh would you God. like someone else to do it, or shall I try again? And we- No, oh, I do love you. All I right. want you to do it, because you do it really I'll well. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Excuse me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can I please, yeah. uh, I need your help with something real quick. Sure. Uh, these muffins, there's too many. I'm overwhelmed. I need your help. No, they have a lot. Right? So uh, okay. I like lemon. I don't like poppy seeds. I like uh, orange. I don't like cranberries. So those are my two choices. If I had to choose one of them, which did I choose? <sighs> wow, you you really got a stumper there. Feel like you could pick out the cranberries, but not the poppy seeds. So I guess I'd go orange cranberries. Uh, that is 
So well thought through. Thank you very much, my hero. Oh, <laughs> well, I am. I am a firefighter. Um, okay, I love it. And I have to say, how's your day going? <laughs> oh, you have to follow up. Okay, like, great, that's great. the whole point. You're I, trying to make a conversation. You're not just asking for help, and he immediately sweeps you off your Correct. feet. Uh, okay. Is this actually? Are we giving you this homework, Lisa, to do a muffin? In a pandy? I don't know how. I don't know how either. Maybe do it online. Do it virtually. Ask a muffin. I'll do it with my Instacart shopper. There you go. Oh my god! Yes. When they ask me, they're like, um, <laughs> "This is out. How about this one?" I'll be like, "Oh, I need your help. Which do you choose?" And then they're like, "The one that's available." And I'll be like, "It would never work out between us." <laughs> and then he'll be like, "But do you want me to put it in the cart and charge you for it?" And I'll be like, "No, it would definitely never work out between us." Okay. So we'll, okay, so listeners, give this a try. Or if you have tried this, write in and let us know and tune in next week to find out what it's like going to a bananas hussy seminar. Woo! I can't wait. Ladies, thank you so much for being here and talking us through this wildly gendered and insane book and finding some nuggets of gold and elevating it to a real conversation, which I feel like we could do a whole podcast about. Well, and as we end every episode, let's do it together. Life is abundant. Go Help Yourself was produced by Misty Stinnett and Lisa Linky. Our theme song was written by the inimitable Matt Sav. Inimitable. There's nothing we love more than hearing from you. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. We're also at gohelpyourselfpodcast on Instagram and at ghypodcast on Twitter. And you can go old school and check out our website at gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. It basically is a fancy PowerPoint slide. If you liked our podcast, <laughs> please subscribe, rate, and review because it helps helps other people find our show. You know who else needs to find it? Your friends. Tell all of your friends. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.